I'm Rodney. I'm Jamal. This is Vance. And we are on the construction. construction. Uh, so fellas, how was your weekend? Uh, anybody want to go first? Um, I'll go. It was it was actually a, a very underwhelming weekend for me. Why? Reason was because I got to see Endgame, <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't satisfied with the movie, man. Oh, man. I, I didn't like it. Like it. I, I liked it. I didn't. Wow. I, well, I, 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 I saw the 4D, so it made it better. <laughs> see, see, no wind, fire, rain, anything. <laughs> and I wanted to do that, but, you know, my plug couldn't come through, so I had to wait till Saturday. It was still a good movie, gotcha. but they, they, they missed the market. It was like going to church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I always have underwhelming weekends because I, I don't really do much for stay home and like drink wine and, you know, read my Drink wine, yeah, you know, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's kind of that's kind of all I do, man. I just um, you know, I just enjoyed the beautiful weather yesterday. Just uh, drove around with the some breweries. Um, that's it, man. Yeah. Now, speaking you of tell me did you go? Did you go to that Soul Arts Festival? I believe, it, believe it or not, I did not, man. I what? just had some adult obligations. I could not make it, but shout out to those people. But I, I could not make it, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, we had an eventful week in Panthers Nation. Uh, we're going to jump into our back-to-back uh, winning season segment. All right. Uh, the Panthers, uh, they made some noise in the draft. Uh, the first pick was Brian Burns on uh, Thursday night. Florida State Seminole. Uh, the second pick was Greg Little, uh, offensive tackle, Mississippi State, uh, Ole Miss. Actually, Ole Miss. And they kind of had some controversy with the trade-up. We'll talk about that. And uh, the favorite pick. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, say his name. You can't You can't say the first two picks' names and then be like, Oh, no, no, no. Say, no, say his name. This is the favorite pick of Panthers Nation. <laughs> Mr. Charlotte native Will Greer. Okay, we okay. Talk about let's that. Let's at least respect them, all right? Charlotte native Will Greer. Let's just get into that. All right, uh, let's talk Brian Burns. I know you got tons of thoughts and emotions. Um, Yeah, man. Um, Very satisfied with the pick, needless to say, man. Uh, Diehard Florida State Seminoles fan, but... Um, I want to talk about a little bit. Don't don't do that anymore. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what I what I have seen with Brian Burns. Um, Florida State had a bad year, to say the least. Uh, that's probably being nice about it. There were hardly any bright spots on that team, but this guy stuck out like a sore thumb. He was the only bright spot on this Florida State team. There was some school down in South Carolina that beat the brakes off of us, and I'm not going to name the school. And Whatever, and um, beat us pretty bad, and he was literally the the only bright spot on that team that had any semblance of a pass rush on whatever you guys quarterback. I think he's pretty good. What's his name again? Trevor Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot, lot of you know, a lot of discussion about um, his size, uh, a lot of uh, the comparisons to uh, Everett Brown, which to me are a little lazy, but I understand. Um, look, man. This is why NFL players have weight rooms. This is why they have off seasons. And not to mention, you know, the, the this guy's motor and his speed make up for his lack of size. Trust me on this one. I've seen enough of this guy to know this, man. Very satisfied with Brian Burns. I think he's going to be a perfect fit for what the Panthers are going to try to transition to next season. I'm going to do a little bit of foreshadowing because I believe this whole draft was like, okay, we need these guys to implement what we want to do because gotcha. Gotcha. I don't think this whole draft was BPA, but we'll get into that later. Agreed. Yeah. And for the most part, I co-signed everything Jamal said. Um, I didn't watch too much of them, 
last season because he played for Florida State and they suck right now. So, but um, it's rough name. Keep on, guys. <laughs> now with, with the first pick, I wanted, I really wanted uh, Jonah Williams, but he was he was off the board by the time the Panthers got the pick, and Farrell was off the board as well. So, for them, yeah, it's very surprising. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. So, for them to take Little with their pick, I'm I'm, I'm very pleased and. I know from a fan perspective, for the most part, we always look at those skill players, mm-hmm. the wide receivers, the the, uh, the DBs, and the running backs, and all that. But for them to go defensive end, especially on the heels of Julius Peppers uh, retiring with with the weak pass pass rush that we had last season, I I, I give this this move an A. I give gotcha. it an A. Gotcha. Now, for those of you guys that are listening, for those of you guys that are watching, you guys may not know. But uh, Jamal's favorite college football team is the Florida State Seminoles, and his favorite college basketball team is the UConn Huskies. <laughs> By us drafting this player that we just drafted, I am hoping that this is not a bad omen that we are taking one of Jamal's favorite players and we're replacing him with another player who <laughs> plays basketball. So <laughs> I'm hoping yeah, that's we, not Yeah, let, let's, let's hope that's not the I'm case. hoping that's <laughs> not <laughs> what we're doing. Can we right not speak that so if we just, Thank I, you, sir. I, I, I would really love it if we had two players from both of the schools that Jamal likes here in Charlotte. I really <laughs> I, I want to try to speak Appreciate that. Hey, isn't that Shabazz Nick? You're a free agent, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I won again last season. <laughs> All right, let's uh, jump into the uh, second uh, guy, Greg Little. Uh, there was some controversy. We traded up for him. We traded the 77th pick and the 47th to Seattle for the 37th pick. Are you guys comfortable with that? Or do you, do you like the pick? Or give, give me your thoughts. I, I'm okay with the pick for, for two reasons. First reason, he's an offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. We need we need a defense. We, we we need to work on that O line. So that shows me that Carolina has stayed true to what they needed. They they filled another need. Secondly, after he got drafted, um, apparently his his one of his big criticisms was that he doesn't play with a chip on his shoulder. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't play with too much anger and aggression. And uh, he definitely made it a point to say that he he intends to prove everybody wrong, mm-hmm. and that uh, he promised that he is going to keep Cam Newton safe. Mm-hmm. So to make a statement like that, I, I, I told myself I definitely want to make it a point to keep up with this kid. And even though we got him in the second round, uh, some scouts actually had him labeled as first-round talent. And the Panthers had him as a first-round grade as well. And yeah. they were debating him versus Burns, too. So yeah. they got both of the guys, essentially. So I think this will be, depending on depending on your perspective of football, I think Luda will end up being um, a very, very good steal. So I'm not as high on Little as everyone else is, man. Um, this pick felt like Groundhog's Day. And I just said that, you know, um, Burns was a lazy comparison to Evan Brown. But I'm going to make a lazy comparison <laughs> myself. Yeah, I can be contradictory sometimes. Where you um, we traded up one time to get another offensive tackle in the second round. Remember this? Some, some guy, remember his name? Yeah, it was Jeff Voltaire. Um <laughs> Same profile, you know, talented, can can definitely play, mm-hmm. but you question his motor. You question that dog that offensive tackles need. Now, listen, man, not to say that this will be a repeat of Jeff Otah, but it is very concerning. And, and one of the main reasons it is concerning mm-hmm. is because I just – you the Panthers have said themselves, you get in trouble when you draft for need over best player available. I don't know if Greg Little was the best player available 
at that pick. Now, if he's if he performs up to that first round profile grade, we're set. Good to go. I will glad to be wrong about the guy. All for it. But if this is Jeff Otal 2.0, I don't know what to say, man, I mean, but we'll, we'll see. I'm going to move on to some, some uh, perspective. I saw something uh, yesterday online said that he had the highest offensive tackle grade in the country last year. I mean, the Panthers had him as a first-round grade, a first-round talent. Let, let I me, mean, is it, is it truly a reach if if if, if, if they're evaluating to say this guy's first round? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of paint a picture for you. Um, you know how the Hornets kind of draft players and they and they say, well, he's not really good yet, but we kind of see something that nobody else does. That's Greg Little. <sighs> Everyone who talks about this guy talks about how raw he is. I am not an offensive lineman. I did not play in the NFL. But when it comes to, like, geeky technique stuff and little details that offensive linemen are supposed to be good at, that's where he struggles at. So, again, man, it is a wait-and-see approach, man. But I am always weary, whether it's the Panthers or the Hornets, when they draft these experiment guys, it almost never goes well. It almost never goes well. But I will have some faith that, the, that the brass with the Panthers know what they're doing with this guy. They've done their homework, and they are ready to coach this guy up because that was the theme with this guy that I heard all week. You got to coach him up. Got to coach him up. And that stuff, I don't like hearing, man. If you're going to pick somebody that high, I don't want to hear Coach somebody up when you pick somebody in the seventh round, the sixth round, not the second round. But we'll wait and see, man. So let me ask you guys this. How long do you think it'll take before he solidifies himself as a starter? I, I think he goes into the season – as the slot is starting. Okay. I, 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 after all I just said, I, I would agree with that by default because we just don't have that many options and we don't know what Daryl Williams' health is like. So, so with that being said, by default, he probably will be the starter day one. And and, 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 if, and if he does what he says he's going to do, keep saying, Cam say, this is a playoff team, borderline playoff team. And I, I will say this about the guy because – I at least the guy's saying all the right things. At least his head is in the right space. At least it appears that he cares more about football than the previous guy I just talked about did. Because that guy didn't care. Really <laughs> like, that's another story for another day. Oh, Daniel's MVP. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, is, why is he constantly on club flyers all the weekend? Okay, so uh, our third round pick, the pick that we didn't trade. The 100th pick in the draft was none only, none other only than uh, Charlotte native Will Greer, quarterback from West Virginia. Uh, you guys had some comments last week uh, <laughs> regarding uh, if a quarterback is picked in the first three rounds. Uh, how do you guys feel? Is Cam in trouble? Um, what's, what's going on? Vince, please go first. Okay. Please. <laughs> okay. So I did. I didn't watch day two of. Of the NFL draft, I was I was out. I don't remember what I was doing. I just know that I was out and about, and I was driving, and I got the notification that with the with the one hundred pick in the NFL draft, you gonna be okay? Real <laughs> good. And the good thing is about cars, the the floors they're they're soft. They're soft. <laughs> I threw my phone. I, I legitimately threw my phone at this guy. Wow. I threw, and, and it wasn't like a hard throw. It was just more like, I was like, I don't need this in my life right now. But during last week's episode, I think we were all in agreement that you don't take Will Greer on day one. 
Now, let me let me backtrack on that because last week I, I was saying that you don't take a quarterback because we have Cam Newton on day one. I was under the assumption that day one was rounds one and two. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when they made the change and whatnot, but they only did round one on day one. Then they did two and three on, on, day, on two. day two. Even with that, I I don't agree with it. Even with him going in the third round, wow. because personally, I actually see Will Greer as a solid second round, possible late round, late first round talent. I think Will Greer can actually go somewhere and start. And for us to get a starter quality quarterback in the third round with a Cam Newton talent as our starting quarterback right now, unless you plan on uh, developing him over the next one or two years and using him as trade bait for something bigger, mm-hmm. I think I think it was a waste of a draft pick. Now, with that being said, you guys remember that um, I had a lot to say about Skip Bayless yeah. a couple weeks ago when he took a shot at Michael Jordan. Um, Skip Bayless tweeted about that draft pick, and let's just say that we're friends now. Okay, we're friends. Oh, all is forgiven. Yeah, we're good. Oh, yeah, we're, oh, we're oh, great. Okay. And, and for right, those, hey, man, hey, I hate to say this, but you agree with Skip. Hey, Skip is wrong a lot. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, and, and and if that's the sword that I fall on, I'm, I'm willing to take that. Gotcha. But for everyone that's listening, I'm going to read off the tweet that, that Skip said, and then I'm going to let Jamal take over from there, gotcha. okay? So Skip basically said that. <clears throat> now, first off, he, he said that Carolina got the steal of the draft with Will Griffin who would be much better than Daniel Jones. I think we can actually And then he said, uh, but then he came back and said, but Cam Newton is only 29. So unless the Panthers think Cam is going to have a more and more injury problems, he said he don't get it. And he was like, Grizz, no long-term backup. He's the second-best quarterback in the draft. Now, I don't agree with everything that he put in that tweet, but I agree with the overall message that because of the talent that Will Grit is, we shouldn't have drafted him because because you, you basically have a starter quarterback sitting behind your starter quarterback. Gotcha. You know? So now I'll stop there and um, see what Jamal got to say. So remember when I was saying that this whole draft felt like Groundhog's Day? I'm going to take y'all back a few years ago. I was sitting in the barbershop looking at the second round of the draft, 2000, uh, maybe eight, nine. I don't remember exactly. And said with the whatever pick, the Panthers picked Jimmy Clausen. And at the time, I said, okay. I didn't think anything of it. Fast forward to Saturday with the whatever 100 pick, the Panthers picked Will Gray. Luckily, I have a carpet in my house, and I don't have wood grain for it. So I did the same thing Vince did. I just looked at my phone, and I said a cuss word, and I just threw the phone on the floor. I I, you ever like with any team you root for? You ever like when the pickers come up and you and you just know like you are one hundred percent sure who they're going to pick. I was I knew they were going to pick Wilbur. I it was like so certain. It was known. I, I just <laughs> just like when like I knew the Hornets were going to pick Frank Kaminsky. I knew it before I walked into the ring. I said they're picking Frank Kaminsky tonight. Oh, I knew the Horn. I mean, I'm sorry. I knew the Panthers was going to were going to pick Will Greer Saturday. Now, how I feel about the pick, I, I don't agree with it, only because the third round could have covered so many other needs that this team has. You still need more depth on offensive line. Yeah, you just drafted Greg Little. 
you still need more pass rushes. You still need to basically find a replacement for um for Thomas Davis, which they got to in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. But I again goes back to that best player available. Was Will Grill the best player available at that pick? And you already have your franchise quarterback in place. Are you that concerned with his shoulder that you pick a quarterback at that pick? There must be some real concern with Cam Shoulder. And let me say this, I don't feel like anybody's gonna say this, but I'll say it if nobody else does. This feels like meddling on David Tepper's part. It feels like David Tepper. I agree. I completely agree with that. It feels like it. But let me let me back up just a tad because you mentioned the whole if they believe that Cam Newton will be injured or hasn't fully rec- you you mentioned that whole right. spill. Okay, now everyone um, this fan base likes to compare Cam Newton to is Andrew Luck because Andrew yeah. Luck possibly was going to find himself I know in Carolina yeah. and and all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm going to go back and use the Andrew Luck um, analogy here. Uh-huh. Remember. Andrew Luck had a similar shoulder injury to what Cam Newton is going through right now, right, yeah. and as well as surgery as well. Here's what Indianapolis did. They sent Andrew Luck for an entire year mm-hmm. because I've always said that, that Cam Newton being your franchise quarterback, you need to treat him with the utmost respect. And by drafting Will Greer, I, I feel like it's disrespect to your all-pro quarterback, your all-NFL quarterback. And what Indianapolis did, they did not draft a quarterback that year that, that um, <clears throat> Andrew Luck was hurt, that he mm-hmm. sat out. They traded for another quarterback. And if you guys remember, they got uh, Jacoby Brissett mm-hmm. out of New England. Mm-hmm. So he comes in, he plays he plays that one year, and Andrew Luck comes back the next year. I would have been, well, it would have made more than enough sense, in my opinion, for Carolina to have done the same. Now, I know both of our backup QBs that we have right now, they've dealt with some injuries as well. So if you trade for a quarterback, that that would that in my opinion would make perfect sense. It just kind of go with the season wherever it goes. But again, I can't say this enough to draft a quarterback in the third round. Let me, I got a question. So, if, would you guys would have been more comfortable with Greer at at the hundredth pick if we didn't make that trade with uh, with Seattle? And gave up the extra third round that we had. Would you have been more comfortable? Or would you would have been it would have been easier I, to I would have, I would have accepted a little more if we had an extra third round pick. Gotcha. I, I, it would have been a little easier to swallow. But then, but let me. I also want to say this, man. I'm simply just not as high on him as everybody else is, man. He played in the Big 12, and, man, dude, I could pass for 500 yards in the Big 12, man. <laughs> he played against these scrub defenses all year. It, well, his completion percentage. Look, man, that spread offense that they run against these scrub teams, he better had – his completion percentage better had been 60-plus percent because anything else is just completely unacceptable. I've seen Will Graham play against some SEC teams, Florida, for example, for example and get, I'm completely just before, I mean, he looked like Jimmy Clausen when he first got here. I literally, I saw a Wilbur game where he threw four interceptions against a guy I can't remember the team, but it was some team who had a legitimate defense. And the knock on Will Greer by NFL experts is, you put a little bit of heat on him, he quits. He quits. He quits. That, that is a, that is a big red flag for me, and this offensive line that has so many question marks, it's, okay. it's just not a, it's alarming to say the least. Okay, speaking of uh, confusion, uh, what are your draft surprises this year? Like, what what pick 
by any team made you like, what the hell are they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what team did that for you? Because I uh, have an answer. Let's start with let's start with the obvious. How about Daniel Jones? <laughs> Daniel Jones, Charlotte native, Charlotte Latin. <laughs> I, I I think there would be a unanimous consensus on the answer to this question. And, and look, and look, and, uh, another unanimous consensus. Everybody in Charlotte who was a Panthers fan was like. Thank God, God. <laughs> <laughs> man, Charlotte has not had a lot to celebrate in the last two or three seasons, sports-wise. But man, when we saw that pick, one of the times I was like, man, you know what? It might be okay. The, the future might now, be okay. Now <laughs> I got a, I got a few surprises. I got a few surprises when it comes to draft. But we can stick to to Daniel Jones. Okay, I'm me being a Tar Heel fan. I'm, I'm a Tar Heel fan, so obviously we play that other shade of blue. Mm-hmm. Say at some point in the season every year, <laughs> oh, um, and the, the, the game is called uh, the Battle for uh, Victory Belt. Uh, we, I think we're, we've lost our last two versus them. But even with that being said, at no point in the last two or three years did I know the name of their quarterback. <laughs> so when, when when I was watching the draft, and, and mind you, the draft didn't start until like 8.30, okay? Yeah. And that's another thing. The draft started at 8, but the first pick wasn't even there until 8.23. So let's do a little bit better on that next time, NFL. But I was multitasking. I was, I was, I was on my computer. I was doing something. And when, when Goodell came up there and he said with the fourth pick in the 2019 NFL, I was I stopped. And yeah, I was same, like, oh, same. who? I just looked at the teams like, who? <laughs> and like, is it a real? Like, is this is a real pick? Like, I thought it was like, uh, like did the fourth round come on Thursdays now? Like, I, I, I didn't get it. Hey, with, with the Ravens pick, <laughs> Cleveland Farrell, when I was four, I was like, Clemson, congrats, but that's a reach. John Bruden, that was, that was, was a here's reach. the deal. That was a reach, but that was an acceptable reach in my opinion. I think I'm gonna tell you why it's not. There is one simple reason why that is not why that's not an acceptable reach. You got rid of Khalil Mack. How is it? How is it an acceptable reach? You just got rid of the best everything. And, 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 and the crazy thing, you used the Khalil Mack pick. To, on a freaking running and, back, well, in the first round, and, and, I, and I think I think that has a lot to do with Gruden's ego, and um, and, and I've seen a few thing pieces in the past where uh, Gruden likes to clear out anything connected to the past regime for like loyalty and like it's, it's yes, I agree, I agree, it's, yes. And if you look at some of the moves that he's made, that's what he's done. He's gotten rid of all of those A one captain type personalities. Let me ask you a question. Let, if, let, let's just say you looked on TV um, a couple of months from now, and, they, and, they, and, you, and, a, and a ticker came across where it said the Milwaukee Bucks traded Giannis Antetokounmpo for a first-round pick and whoever. How would you feel about that? Yeah, it would well, probably be similar to the That's Minnesota. what the Raiders did with Khalil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just some players you just don't get rid of. I don't yeah. care what the circumstances? You just don't get rid of guys like that. Now, now let's 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 go back to this to this Jones pickup. Now, Dave Gellerman has been getting the business, so to speak, ever since he basically got to New York. He got he got rid of Odell Beckham, and and in the draft he got Jones with their with their first round pick. Here's the deal about Gellerman. He is taking a lot of heat right now, but if you go look at all his moves while here in Carolina. While while they were unpopular moves, he hit the mark on probably ninety five percent of his moves. Yeah, he hit the mark. To, so, be, to be fair, I mean, yeah. to, to be, he's missed on a few first round picks. 
Who? Who did he? Who? Calvin Benjamin. That was a mess. Yeah. Brian Butler. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and to me, Shaq Thompson is not a, is not really that good. Uh, no, are, are, are we still in wait and see more with um with uh Vernon Butler? No, uh, we did. Yeah, Ronnie has no patience. You need to get two years to show me something, and, yeah. and, and that's it. So you just so Vernon Butler, Malik Monk, you just yeah, like, I was gonna say the same thing. Just yeah. no more. And, 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 and that's and that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be my saving grace for for this Jones pickup is the fact that Gelderman has always made the unpopular move, and he has been right more times than he has been wrong. I mean, I mean, I mean. I, I got another mix for you. You remember those? You remember that draft that normally got let go? Cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. How many on the roster? Well, and, and how was Norman put? Norman went two seasons without an interception, and he got burned plenty of times in Washington. I, you look, I, I have to admit. Oh, as time passes on, I'm, I'm less and less mad about Josh Norman. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So now, now I saw I saw a piece on uh, Facebook where Chris Carter mm-hmm. was talking about the uh, Jones pickup. The uh, and he was and, and we haven't even mentioned Haskins was still on the board. So how do you how do you pick up Jones? How did and Haskins went what eighteen? Right fifteen. So so fifteen. Mm-hmm. So. With Haskins still on the board, with his body of work, you go a better co- football conference. from a better conference, a One better minute. schedule, you go and you pick up Daniel Jones. And what Chris Carter mentioned, and, and I don't know if you guys have looked at his stats, but Chris Carter made a point to say that if Daniel Jones, with the stats that he had or has, was an African-American, there is absolutely no way he gets drafted in the fourth spot. I agree. I agree. Now, again, with me being a Tar Heel fan, I've had two quarterbacks, well, as a fan, I've had two quarterbacks come out of there that had very similar playing style, had similar statistics, but had very different fates when it came to the NFL draft. Mitch mm-hmm. Trubisky was a one-year starter at Carolina mm-hmm. and was taken with the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. And for and for and for all intents and purposes, he had a pretty solid rookie year. The quarterback before him, Marquise Williams, Charlotte Nader, Charlotte Nader was a two-year starter and went, I think he went undrafted. I, either he went undrafted or he went like in a sixth or seventh round. And he got picked up by, or well, once he was playing for Baltimore or Green Bay, but he's, he's like playing Canadian football now. Mm-hmm. And the last time I seen anything from Marquise Williams, he was on Twitter challenging somebody to a fight or something. That was like two years ago. <laughs> but I bring up Marquise Williams because if you go look at Marquise Williams' stats at North Carolina and if you go look at Daniel Jones' stats at that other shade of blue, they are very, very, very similar. He said shade of blue like they're like two rival Crip gangs. <laughs> 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 you sound like it's far crazy. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't understand it because he's a Clemson fan. Right. It's like it's only football. They only care about football. Because yeah, right. they finally started winning, you know, by the decade. Hey, or hey, we, got, we got three national championships. But we we so, like the rivalry goes beyond basketball. So instead of the Let me say one more thing about Dan Jones because he doesn't deserve as much time. But no. I gotta say one more thing. Um I, I'm looking at Dwayne Haskins stats, man, and I'm just like, what in the world? Gettleman is either really stubborn 
or he's a genius. Yeah. Because statistically, by conference, he does not compare to Dwayne Haskins one single iota. No. Dwayne Haskins, 70%, 70, 70% of, of, of pass percentage. Um, what, what's the stats here? 4,831 4, total yards. Look, 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 I, 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 before we move on, I got one more. Daniel Jones had 50 touch, 52 touchdowns at Duke. Haskins last year, <laughs> 53 touchdowns. In That's one, a, yeah, in one year. Yeah. All right. So wait, 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 wait. Now, now, now. Uh, my, my bad for cutting you off, but I know we were on our surprises. And I, and, I, and I wanted to go. I said two more surprises. So my other surprise, no, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now. Right, my on. other surprise goes out to the Arizona Cardinals. Because when was the Super Bowl? When was that? When was the last when, Super Bowl? Yeah, when was the Super Bowl? 2009? No, 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 no. This, this year's Super Bowl. Like, what was the date? February. Do you remember the date? February 4th, I believe. All right, let's go with February 4th for sake of conversation. When that Super Bowl ended on February 4th, the Arizona Cardinals were officially on the clock. <laughs> right. When the NFL draft started at 8 o'clock Eastern, there is absolutely no reason for that pick to be coming in at eight twenty-three, and I tweeted about it. Like, why? What? What? What are you thinking about during these twenty-three minutes that you've not thought about for the last two months? Why did it take you the entire clock to bring that pick in? Might be TV fault too, man. No, no, that, 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 and I get it. That there's build up and there's commercials and there's all that good stuff. But when your pick is officially on the clock. There is a clock in that left screen, that bottom left corner, that is kind of they use that entire five minutes. That that the first three draft picks in the NFL draft should never use that entire. I, I, I think that's the NFL. Yeah, I think it's the NFL and their arrogance. Well, the NFL don't care about your sleep pattern. No. <laughs> yeah, you you're you're going to stay up. Yeah. You're watch We're the NFL. We can do whatever yeah. we want to. Yeah. But uh, my, my last surprise, and this really isn't a surprise, it's just a low key shout out. I just wanted to shout out all of the women that were in Nashville, Tennessee, who got their bachelorette parties uh, ruined because there were three million people <laughs> in Nashville for a once a year event, and you, you, you didn't bother to check to see what that was. And, and I don't know if your husbands or your, your soon-to-be husbands and, and boyfriends uh, chose not to tell you, or if they didn't, or if they didn't know, like because when you go to bachelorette parties, like the the groom doesn't come, like they're no, doing their own thing. No. So obviously they weren't in the know because you're out there by yourself. So I just I just thought that was funny that that they decided to highlight all those bachelorette parties that got ruined because it was because right. it, it was three million people there for for this other small event, you know. So. Um, Hopefully, y'all got better times ahead. <laughs> Speaking of better times ahead, uh, John Rosen was uh, traded to the uh, Miami Dolphins for a second and third round pick. I don't remember. I don't care about that team. Uh, but Panthers legend and uh, hothead Steve Smith <laughs> had some uh, not so nice words to say about Mr. Rosen. Uh, when they fair or foul, out of bounds, inbounds, how do you guys feel about Smith's comments? No, no, you got to go, go first. Go first go the floor is yours, Jamal. The floor is yours. Look, man, Josh Rosen came into the draft. The, uh, the, the night he got drafted, he came into this draft with a lot of bravado. I'm better than all the quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in this draft. He said it. He said it out of his mouth. 
it's on film. Steve Smith was 100% right. <laughs> this little snot-nosed rookie who has done nothing in the NFL. Josh Rosen has done nothing in the NFL. He is not entitled to anything in this league. Steve Smith was 1,000% right. How dare this dude come into the, the man that he that – he, that the job is said we hadn't even proven that it, that it's worth it. No, man, Steve Smith was 100% right. I don't understand. Look, I'm, I'm this animated because we had a uh, conversation off camera where they might not agree with me. So this is why I wanted to go last. I just want to give y'all this, this background. I, I just do not understand how anybody cannot agree with Steve Smith, man. This dude comes across as a selfish, entitled, snot-nosed kid. There are... You, do y'all know how many quarterback jobs there are in the NFL? There's not many. There are people coming for your job every single day. The Carolina Panthers just drafted Will Greer. You think Will Greer is going to sit back and not want to compete for Cam Newton's job? And Cam Newton is the MVP of the league in 2015. What a time is this dude to, to have a job already? Man, I, I'm so fired up about this because I... I felt like I was Steve Smith when he was ranting about Josh Rosen. Because I'm like, you're right, man. <laughs> what has Josh Rosen ever done? What has he done in the league? Nothing. Okay, so so Steve Smith, his biggest frustration was that Josh Rosen unfollowed the Arizona Panthers, the Arizona Cardinals right. on Instagram and Twitter. That's why he was upset. So we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of use that as, as a reference point. Well, let me, let me spit out a few things that happened during the rookie year of, of Drew Rosen. You had a rookie head coach in Steve Wilkes, a first-time ever head coach in, in, in Steve Wilkes. You had not one, but two offensive coordinators during your rookie season in the NFL. Now, um, the, now Mike McCoy, I think, was the offensive coordinator. I'm not sure if he had any um, head coach, head, offensive coordinator experience, but um, when they fired him, guess who they put as his replacement as an offensive coordinator? Byron Leftwich. <laughs> When's the last time you heard that name before? When, so, 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 in addition to you being a rookie, in addition to having you having a, a first year offensive coordinator, in addition to you having a first year head coach, you get, you get rid of the offensive coordinator and you replace him with another offensive coordinator who had never called plays before. You have the worst passing attack in the NFL through seven games while you're one and six. You have the oh, worst. Oh, you think he doesn't have anything to do with yeah, that? Yeah, Josh Rosen didn't have, have anything to do with that? Offensive line. You have the worst. You have the worst rushing attack in the NFL through seven games. You were the 10th pick in the NFL draft. And the, the following season, you spend the number one overall pick on another quarterback, I would be pissed the hell off, too. And, and, then, and then you bring in his head coach that he had before. The, 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 you the, bring the in pick. the head coach at, at college of, of the new draft pick. Listen, now, 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 now look, I get it. Drew has baggage. He's arrogant. Da, 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 da. And I think the problem here. It's not necessarily the message, right. and I'm still in someone's quote here. It's not the message, it's the messenger. And I say that because everything that Steve Smith criticized Rosen for doing, he was the exact same player when he played as well. Because remember, we talked about this earlier. One of Gellerman's unpopular moves was getting rid of Steve Smith. <laughs> and what did Steve Smith do? 
He took his ball and he went home. Now, a lot, now this narrative hasn't been this, this narrative, narrative hasn't been played too much, okay? But Steve Smith had about six or seven teams that were wanting that they were wanting him to come with him. And we all know that he chose Baltimore. Do you know why the number one reason why he chose Baltimore? Because they play Carolina. If, so so, so, so you, you, you acted like a spoiled brat yourself, and now you're criticizing Ooh, someone else for doing the same Ooh, thing. That, like I, I don't bunch I, of teammates in practice. I got I got I got more, but you go go right on the head, Jamal. Who's the best best Carolina fan of all time? Kim Newton. Hey, who, who is the best Carolina player of all time? Yeah, yeah. Stop it right now. Both of y'all should be stop it right Julius now. Julius Peppers. That is the Right, right. Vince, how dare you? Luke Keekley. Hall of Famer right now. Stop it. How dare you even put Steve Smith in this in this in this piece of nothing in the same sentence? Steve Smith earned the right to be pouty. Yeah, it was a little selfish. Yeah, he acted like a Ken Wong. He earned that right to do so. Steve Smith is a Hall of Fame receiver. Uh, let me repeat. Yes, he is. You better not. You stop that right now. He's a Hall of Fame receiver. Ain't no point of lying up the man. He's a Hall of Fame receiver. Another conversation for another day. Let me repeat. Josh Rosen has done nothing. Steve Smith. He didn't have the opportunity. I don't care. Look, man. This coach got fired after one year. They're the worst offensive line. He played for a very dysfunctional franchise. You know what my words for that is? Tough shit. It, it happens. Okay, and, okay. and so what? Be a man. So, and so what? Let me ask you a question. Jobs still have to be okay, earned, Okay, man. so let me ask you a question. How, how old are you, Jamal? Nah, I'm old. No, no, not, no, okay, not, okay. You're old. 30 or 40. Okay, how old, is, how old is Steve Smith? About my age, actually. So, <laughs> okay, okay. So, with this younger generation, we always criticize them for their social media antics and all that good stuff. Steve Smith's biggest frustration, his reason for this rant was the fact that he unfollowed these guys on social media. And and, and that was another frustration of mine. Like, you're mad at this kid because he unfollowed them on Instagram. Mind you, he got traded the very next day. But but let's 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 focus on the fact that he unfollowed and, and, these and, guys. And, 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 and then another thing in my beef is the kid never complained in public, never requested, requested a trade in public. And also, he came to every event. He and was all everything. After that that goes to my question. I want to ask: Could I? And I don't know this. I don't know this, but but could there have been some background information that Steve Smith knew that we did not know? No, he was just trying to get a viral moment. I, 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 think, I, 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 I don't know. I think, it was, question, I think it was just more so. He was just trying to get a soundbite because if you look at Steve Smith, like every time we hear about Steve Smith since he's retired. It's because he's flaring up on camera and stuff. Well, he like he legitimately, he, he legitimately. But at some point, you got we 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 just watch Ryan Clark's reaction to to what he said to Antonio Brown right. on Twitter. Right. Like at some point, you got to grow. And, and I, I love Steve Smith. I hope we can have you on the show one day. But at some point, you have to grow up. <laughs> and speaking of maturity. After they chose their number one overall pick, after he got drafted as number 10 pick the year prior, after he got traded to Miami, Rosen actually went on one of his social media accounts and he posted a video saying, thank you to the Cardinals fans for the support. Thank you to the organization. Da, da, da. And then he thanked, well, he, um, he congratulated Murray for being the number one overall pick and wished them all the luck. So, so can, can we can we not talk about that level of maturity? Yeah, man. Look, man. 
I, I, I wish like Kerry Colbert would have did the same thing. I would have I would have just loved to have seen what I would have said. Like again, we're talking about a guy who hasn't done anything, man. Man, there are you you are a player in the NFL that has over five hundred players, man. You are not old anything. We have seen time and time again some some I'm talking about legends. Legends get thrown out on their butt after their time's up. Thomas Davis. The list goes on and on and on, man. This I think the main point Smitty was trying to make is that him, no one is entitled anything. And I just believe that Smitty thought that this kid was coming across as but Sounds how good. can Steve Smith push that narrative that no one is entitled to anything when he acted like a fifth grader after he got because beat by Carolina? That's where me and you disagree because he's earned the right to do so. But no, okay, so why did he get waived? Why did he get waived? I'm sorry. Why did he get waived from Carolina? He's too old. It, no, it no, wasn't. No, no, that. I'm sorry. Well, the, the narrative was it needed to be Cam's locker room. Well, well, he agreed to that. He right. actually acknowledged that in um, a documentary, like a, a couple of years later. He acknowledged that him and Cam Newton butted heads. Mm -hmm. So, so um, my, 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 you, you just gotta grow up, man. I'm you just gotta grow up. Like he I'm has right. earned the right to punch people in the mouth and break <laughs> their jaws. He has, he has, no excuse for that. he has earned the right to 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 celebrate and spin the football on on a uh, after getting an eleven yard pass on his when it's four to fifteen and we're down three scores in the fourth quarter. He has earned the right to do all that stuff. But at some point, perspective has to kick in, and he and, and I think with him being one of the all time greats in Carolina history, one of the greats in the NFL, I think at some point your maturity has to take over and, and, and that message needs to be delivered a lot differently. All right. All right. We'll All right. Agree, disagree. I hope, <laughs> we'll move on. I hope Josh Rosen, I hope he throws a 4,000 yards. <laughs> hey, positivity, positivity. <laughs> the way this kid is coming. Yeah. All right, old man. Uh, we're going to jump into the uh, Hornet segment. Uh, we're going to be pretty brief. Uh, it's the 10th pick. Uh, I have a question. Uh, Pete Welly uh, just left for the the, uh, the job of the New York Giants. And Pittenger left. Uh, Chris Kroger uh, mysteriously got cut. Uh, what's up with all these departures with the Hornets? Like, what do you, what do you read on it? What's your read on it? Um, honestly, I, I I'm taking it more so as the time was just up, mm -hmm. and it was time to move on. Now, the narrative can be made that that Mitch is in town. He brought in his crew and all that good stuff. And they're cleaning our house from the old regime. But with Pete Welly moving on, I really think that's just more so a progression in his career. Because with what it is that he does, being um, <clears throat> what is it like, media coordinator, you yeah, know, stuff was, like that, public yeah, affairs, and all, and things like that. Yeah, Brandon and whatnot. Those those people don't stay in those positions for too long. Yeah, yeah. And he's been there for, for, for a decade, you know. Yeah. Um, also, he grew up a Giants fan. So for him, so when the New York Giants came calling, it, it, it's it's kind of like when old boy left Tennessee right. and took the USC job, college mm -hmm. football. Can't yeah. remember his name. Uh, was it Kiffin? Yeah, Kiffin. Yeah, 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 you know. So it was one of those things. Like, oh man, I've always been a Giants fan, and and this come up, so let me take it. And I, I see it nothing more than a progression of his career. Gotcha. Yeah, and I just see it all as just coincidences because you know. The Chris Kroger thing definitely doesn't sound anything related to why LA yeah. or anybody else left. Yeah, and I, I mean I, I don't really have much to really differ from that. Um, the only thing I can really I can really say to that is that I 
as far as like marketing stuff with this franchise, it's the one thing that you don't worry about with this franchise. It's the one. It's the one thing that this franchise has has an A plus on. Like <laughs> you never worry about their community involvement, their their interaction with their fans. Uh, you know their their pre the in game presentation. That's the kind of stuff you just don't ever worry about. I, I'm I'm positive Fred Whitfield and Michael will will get it right for the next guy. And just to echo what, what Vince said, man, I, I just think it was just like a, a perfect opportunity for Coelho and, and, and nothing more because it, it was just natural progression. Um, the Kroger thing, we'll just, who, who knows? Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. So, um, yeah. All right. Uh, quickly, let's, let's buy heads in prayer for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. They recently hired uh, Rich Cho. Uh, could it be like a Herney 2.0 situation? Uh, what are you guys thinking? I'm, I'm going to say something that might shock y'all. You know how the, the narrative is that, well, maybe it's true. I don't know if I'm going to call it a narrative, but like players leave this franchise and they like, like, we're, <laughs> we're like where the hell was this at when you were here? I could see the same thing happen for Rich Cho because one thing I, I never have doubted Rich Cho is he's a smart guy, man. Yeah. Like Rich Cho yeah. is a very smart guy. And 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 I we we can't be so short sighted and, and not say that he didn't do good things for the Hornets. It's really he now, let's be very clear, he's probably one of the main reasons we're in the mess we're in now. But let's also be very objective and, and also give credit for the good things that he that he's done with this franchise. Now, it's funny you mentioned Marty Herney because, like, you know, we, we're kind of seeing Marty Herney not make some of the same mistakes he made, specifically with, like, payroll stuff. Yeah. And Rich Toe could very well be the same way. Rich, Cole, Rich, Rich Toe could be in Memphis right now. It's like, there's no way I'm going to pay Channel Parsons any more money. <laughs> whereas, whereas... Two or three seasons ago, he was like, man, we got to give Nick Batum $27 million. So who's to say that he did not learn from past mistakes, man? And, and I'm not going to – we've crapped on Rich Toe enough. I'm going to take it easy today. I, look, I wish him all the luck, just not against us. But, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I for, for Memphis's fans' sake, I hope they get a different guy than what we had here. I, um, I pretty much co-sign everything Jamal just said. Steve Clifford left uh, very in battle. Mm -hmm. And with a team that was predicted to win only 27 games, he found himself playing basketball when Charlotte was sitting on the couch or going fishing, which yep. however you want to put that. Nice. And I think what happened with Steve Clifford, <clears throat> he took a lot of those losses here in Charlotte and he took lessons from them. He applied those lessons in Orlando, and he's had some relative immediate success. Mm -hmm. And to echo what Jamal said, I think, I hope the same thing happens with Rich Cho. Now, I've never understood how you can get hired for a job in professional sports to do the same thing you just got fired for. <laughs> but the retreads, man. Some people, retreads. Yeah. It's not like Rod Higgins. <laughs> well, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I'm hoping that he takes some of the lessons learned here in Sean. He applies it to Memphis. And I think he will be better going forward. But I never follow his food blog, but I'm going to go look for it now because he's in probably one of the top three cities in the country known for their barbecue. And I'm interested to see what he puts on that food blog now. So 
I, I don't know, but you know, I don't I don't have too much to say. I wish him the best. And um, even getting back to the food block, I hope he doesn't spend too much time on it because until <laughs> until Memphis becomes somewhat of a winning organization, if he is constantly putting out blogs, they're going to use that as fuel against him. So, but I really don't have anything to say. Good luck, much success, except when you play the Hornets, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. And one person we didn't talk about, Stephanie Ray. Um, you know, um, I'll just say, hey, I, I, hey, Ray. <laughs> we, we all miss you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, oh, no, so you're just going to give a shout-out. We're going to talk about it. Okay. We can talk about it. I mean, well, I, 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 I'll, I'll, she, she deserves, yeah, she yeah, deserves yeah, yeah. some, 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 some discussion. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it was the same thing with Gwilly. Like, it, it was like a four, well, shut up, Roddy, because I know where you're going. I think, but to me, it was a foregone conclusion that she was not going to stay with this organization long term because she was just too talented. Yeah. She's a national talent. She, it just is what it is, yeah. man. She, her knowledge is out the roof. Look, man, I actually wanted her to coach the Bobcats at one point. I am not I am not making this up. I wanted her to coach this team at some point. I just think things kind of went already when yeah. it was three of them in the booth. It was her, Eric, and Dale in the booth. And I think I'm, I'm, just, I'm just I'm, – <laughs> you don't get rid of Dale. Stop that, man. <laughs> Maybe you do. But um, – and, and I, I just yeah, – I don't know this for sure, man, but I just think her transition back to the sideline was probably not something that yeah, she yeah, saw yeah, in her yeah. future. And and now she is just, like, killing it for Turner uh, Sports and Turner Network, man, and she deserves every bit of her. They got a well, real superstar. And, and, and um, I'll go a different direction. I think she didn't mind being here, and I don't think she would have had a problem staying here for the foreseeable future. But Fox Sports – Southeast – don't treat their employees too great. And if you, depending on how closely you follow the Hornets, mm-hmm. as well as Stephanie, mm-hmm. uh, you can see that they had some flurries. And um, there was one, I think we, um, somebody actually started a hashtag at one point, don't sideline Stephanie yeah. Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, and for Stephanie's sake, I think she has handled everything with, with class. A1 class. With, I never yeah. I never saw any spitefulness right. um, out of her whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I think towards the last one or two seasons that she was here, I think she just found herself in a situation where it was like, if another opportunity comes up, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm gone. Because yeah. um, and I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna dig too much into it, but Fox Sports, they they do not treat some of their employees yeah. too great. And um she even left without Mentioning what it was she was going to do, it was it was basically like, "Hey, I can't tell you guys. Yeah. You're just going to wake up one day, you're going to see me doing my thing." Right, right, right. And I'm watching the playoffs one day. I can't remember which game it was, and boom, there she is on the sideline. Right, I'm right. like, "Oh, hey, right. Stephanie, you know, right. congratulations." Right. So you know, just like just like with Rich, just like with Pete, you know, congratulations, good luck, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Always got love in this nation. Always. All right. Yeah. What the fuck? We're gonna talk about the hurricanes. This is our new segment. Go Canes. Uh we're oh, yeah, new to this hockey game. We're gonna talk about them. Uh they had they, they got a first round series win against the Capitals. Uh they, they're the uh they're the new cardiac cats in town. Yeah. Not quite. <laughs> and now they're uh playing the uh the new New York Islanders. Yeah, yeah they yeah. got the first game they win. Won, yeah. What do you guys think? Well, let me throw out an interesting stat. 
Maybe hockey sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hit me with it. So now, now for those of you guys who don't know, they beat uh, they beat the defending champ. Yeah. And by beating them, I I I think I saw something that by those guys losing, it was the first time, at least in hockey, that no division winner made it out the first round. Okay. Wow. Now, now before we go back, Hurricane talk. What do you? How do you guys think about that stat in regards to the four major sports? Is that a good thing or not? Because it's a great thing. It's a great thing. I think it's a great thing, man, because it speaks to parity, which the, the, the NBA definitely doesn't have. So, if that, they, so, so if all the division winners in the NBA lost in the first round, you guys wouldn't have no criticism. No, no, not, not, not. I mean, now don't get it twisted. The ratings will plummet. Because the NBA is built on fans who watch stars and who watch the hot teams, you know what I mean? But as I got, look, man, just not to sound condescending, but as a real NBA fan, I would love to see something different. We already we spoke to how we're enjoying this playoffs without LeBron James because we can actually watch basketball without being inundated by Lakers LeBron James talk. <laughs> so, no, I think it's a great thing. Okay. Yeah. And it gives like other fan bases like actual hope. Like, right, oh, man, right. I can go to this series because. We have a chance. Okay. Okay. Well, um, getting back to the Hurricanes talk, I don't have much to say, but um, I haven't, I haven't watched them. The one playoff game that I watched, they lost. So I'm choosing not to watch yeah, anymore. Because I want to watch today. It's safe, man. I, I can watch. They watch today. Well, no, no, no. Are they? Are they? Uh, they have home court advantage. No, or, no. Okay, and that's that's it's home ice. Home yeah. ice. Well, yeah, see, we still learning. Yeah, we still learning. <laughs> so, and that's why that's why I can watch because because with them stealing game one, they stole home ice advantage. Yeah. So yeah. even that's if they lose safe. today. It's, it, it's not that hard because all they got to do is defend home ice. Right. Now, let me say this, man. I, I I probably have not watched a hockey game since the last time the Hurricanes have been good. Uh, I forgot what night it was because I, I, I watched game six and I watched a lot of games. I fell asleep on game seven because I just I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't hate it. Watch life. But, but, let me tell, but let me tell you this, man. I was glued to the TV. I could not stop watching, man. I, and I want to speak to more so just the action on the ice, you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing because it's a Carolina team. Lord knows North Carolina needs something to go right professionally, <laughs> sports-wise. I need something because I'm going to go crazy if one team doesn't win soon. But anyway, so I'm watching Hurricanes, and it's like this this, this overwhelming rooting interest just automatically came about. Like, man, this is like riveting stuff, man. It's like all these shots on goals, man. And, and, and Game 6 – Really particular because that, that's the one I really got to see, man. And I, I just like, man, I, I really might start watching this stuff now. Maybe just the Hurricanes. I'm not going to call yeah, myself yeah, no hard yeah, no, because no. <laughs> I already watch too many sports as it is. But um, hockey's not a bad sport, man. It's, it's a lot of action. It's, it's fast-paced. It's intense. The fans are really into it, man. And I had a good time watching, man. All right. So yeah. uh, a narrative I've, I've been seeing is that the Hurricanes are Rollins' team. And why are we interested? How do you feel about that? Me personally, it says Carolina. I'm interested. How do you guys feel? <laughs> well, the people of Raleigh need to understand that people in Charlotte are struggling right now. <laughs> we need something. Look, our brothers and sisters in Raleigh, extend your hand. <laughs> Let us be a part of this, man. You can come to our city and have you some fun. Well, sometimes. Um, <laughs> 
Goodness, we got nice trapping paints. And, 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 and I, I get it, man. That that Raleigh community who has probably been very diehard. No, they have no. Maybe, they okay, have, maybe they, they haven't. Have well, have well, it. look. If that's the case, then screw them. Like, <laughs> you know, if you're going to the too, if you're gonna be on the bandwagon, let us hop on too. Like, so I mean, I kind of, I kind of empathize with them because it's just like it's, it's like being a Hornets fan. Um, the Hornets haven't been good mm-hmm. since basketball came back here. It came back to Charlotte. We've been going to the games. And when we made the playoffs a couple years ago versus Miami, there were people who you, you, you would have to drug them to get them to go to the game. <laughs> yeah. But but when we and remember we went to a watch party. Right. We went to a game center watch party yep. and we couldn't even get seats. Yep. We were going to watch parties the entire season. season. Completely free. Where we were the only nine to ten people there. Only people there. But then during the playoffs, everybody, like, it was completely packed. We couldn't get food. All that good stuff. And we felt some type of way about it. Yeah, true. So, for that reason, I empathize with those those Raleigh fans. But on the flip side of it, Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. It's not the Raleigh Hurricanes. It's not the Raleigh Hurricanes. It's the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, yeah, you know, welcome, brothers. Like, no, 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 no. Hey, cousin. (laughs) (laughs) We had to kick out now. (laughs) All right, now we're going to jump into our culture segment. And I'm going to introduce one of our brothers, Brother Kaiser. Sir Tyrone Court. Extraordinaire. What's up? This is a guy that handles a lot of my What's up, brother? What's up? We're going to have a discussion about the Charlotte hip-hop scene. And we're gonna get thoughts and opinions. So uh, recently, we had a uh, a rapper who signed a major deal. Is actually selling out shows. Named the baby. And uh, what you got thoughts on the young man? Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a setup. I hate you. Yeah, this is such a setup. Come on, right hey, what, what, what? Look, I can see the horns coming out of his head right now, man. I, I, I have to preference my statement by saying this. It's not like anybody that's watching doesn't know this, but, you know, I'm the old grumpy guy when it comes to hip-hop. I, my, my ears just can't really tune in to this new style of hip-hop or what's going on musically with hip-hop. I listened to the Baby's album, believe it or not. Yes, I did. I, I went on title and I said, this is a Charlotte guy. I at least have to listen to the Charlotte guy. I kind of knew I wasn't going to like it, <laughs> but I did it anyway, man. And I, I'll, I'll, this is my total objectivity talk because I, I'm, I'm, la- I'm labeled a hater so many times, man. I, I, I got it. It's like big red letters, like Jamal is being objective today, and I need everybody to understand this, man. I listen to it with, with an open mind and an open ear, man. And I, I don't think in a technical sense, like, he, he's not trash. He's not, like, whack trash words I normally use when it comes to today's hip hop, I'm not going to use that with him. All I'm going to say is like for my personal taste and what I like about music and what I like about hip hop, it didn't register with me, but I'm only one person. Okay. Let me also say this as well. Even though I'm not like big on, on the music itself, his music, I hope this dude sells 15 million records. I hope he blows up. I hope, I wish nothing but success to the young man. Because, bottom line, man, it's a Charlotte dude. Yeah, right. We, yeah. I, there's no, I, 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 don't, I don't care if he was a male version of Cardi B. I don't care. <laughs> I want the dude 
to be successful. I don't, and I, and again, I do not think these young men is whack at all. I just don't. It just doesn't register with my snobbish, weird musical taste. Yeah, and uh, I co-sign a hundred percent. I've listened to the album two, maybe three times. He got skill, he got flow, but I don't. Subject matter matter for you. I don't. Yeah, the, yeah, that's what it is for me. It's the subject matter. And um, this is his first major deal, right? Yeah. So with that being said, as he continues to grow, I hope the subject matter kind of changes, kind of gets better. But <clears throat> I support him 100, especially being from uh, the Queen City. But the subject matter is, is just not my cup of tea. So my musical taste almost mirrored Jamal's. Yeah. In fact, that's that's how, that's how, how we, we met. met. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, shout out to Mighty Name Mike Fights yep. and QCHH you know, Crown yep. Station. Shout out to Eric Brayman and the graduates. So, um, my thing about the it, well, not just him, but I will never knock anyone's hustle mm-hmm. in the game. Right. We know that hustle actually beats out talent nine times out of ten, especially in music. Especially in music, and yeah. for a young black person from Charlotte to, hey man, go get it. Yeah, go get it. Go get All it. right, yeah. So, now that I've said that, <laughs> I don't feel that the baby is representative of uh, Charlotte hip hop, at, at least from a musical sense. And, and let me say this: you are more than licensed to say this. I want to. I want to make sure everybody <laughs> is completely clear about what this man himself is saying. He has been immersed in this hip hop scene forever, so yes. I just don't want anybody watching to be like, no, "Who's this guy? Why?" You know what no, I mean? See, so, the thing is, I, mean, I, don't I, mean, yeah, no, sorry, I mean, I remember going. We used to go to the open mic spots, and you used to have to show and prove, and you know, you you had to earn that respect as an MC. So that's where I come from. Right. New cats, like you know, they have to do that anymore. It, I, and I understand it's a different music era, but having said that, I feel like Charlotte hip hop, our biggest strength is our greatest weakness. Our biggest strength is to, has been musical diversity. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember uh, back, you know, hip hop's golden age, you know, late '80s through the mid '90s. If you listen to radio in Charlotte on Power '98, you were gonna get everything. You're yeah, gonna get yeah. Snoop. You're gonna get Dre. You're gonna get Woo. You're gonna get Nas. Jay. You're gonna get uh, Ghetto Boys. You were gonna get everything. Right. And you know, as a result. 15 years later, that diversity showed itself in Charlotte's right, music yeah. culture. Everyone is, you know, you know, Atlanta has their own style. St. Louis has their own style. Charlotte style is an animal game of all of those yeah, right, styles, right. okay? So, which is kind of, which is kind of like a microcosm for the city. It is. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but the, the problem is that now, though, now in Charlotte hip hop, everyone tries to latch onto a singular thing. Yeah, and it it segments the city. You got your boom bap guys over here. You got your MCs. You got and to me, the baby has kind of has done that. He's latched on to this one thing, and there's also the you know I understand he signed the Interscope, huge record company, mm-hmm. and there's always going to be this image thing with, with, with him. There's going to be the fact that uh, we can't dance around this. He shot. Shot somebody, mm-hmm. so he's got that street cred. You mm-hmm. know, it was it was publicized. Um, you know, shot and killed somebody, uh, and on his album cover, he's rocking an LA hat. 
Now, which I'm, I didn't agree with. Yeah, now yeah. I'm not saying that he's got to wear a Charlotte Hornets hat or anything, but you're not from LA. If anyone who didn't ever know who the baby the baby was, they're gonna see this dude and they're gonna assume he's an LA guy. Oh, that's, that's West Coast. And let, let, let me speak more so with this identity thing, man. And, and like I just like like you alluded to, and like I agree with, like all these different MCs that Charlotte had, it's 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 like we. I I, I I'm trying to find a creative way to say like I wish Charlotte had its own one identity yes. and one sound. Right. Atlanta has their sound. Right. L.A. has their sound. New York obviously has their perceived sound. Right. I want Charlotte to be like. Man, that's I, I hear the city of Charlotte, right. but it speaks to Charlotte's lack of identity. Right. And with with that album cover and the hat, that's the LA hat. It's like, yeah. dude, uh, yeah. we yeah. we need something yes. a, 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 as small of a of a detail as other people might think that is. It's it was a big deal for us. It's like like why he needed to wear the hat Vince is wearing today. Like like come on man like the city needs this man. Now just a caveat to that, even even with that, every time I've seen a clip of him doing a show, he is wearing something. I will that I will give him that. But as far as the album cover but his album before that, the blank blank one, which I think was actually better than the one he just put out. But the black black one, he he did have on the a Hornets jersey with the orange background and stuff like that. I I I, I think the black black was more the introduction. Well, but you know, y'all you know how the industry is. Yeah. Somebody yeah. Interscope years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. when I first moved back to Charlotte and I started doing music again. Uh, I was in the studio and uh, someone someone's like me. You, you gotta hear Kaiser Kaiser rap. So a producer came in. I won't say his name, but. Everyone knows who this person is. Mm -hmm. So, well-known producer came in and he heard me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yo, you're dope. But in the verse of the song, I had said there's some Charlotte references. Mm -hmm. And he was like, but you know what? You got to really remove those local references mm -hmm. because it limits your audience. Mm -hmm. I took I took offense to that one because <laughs> like, I'm like I'm taking offense to that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but my thing is, I grew up listening to cats from New York talk about being Street from New York. I, I grew up listening to I, people from Atlanta. You know the first thing I thought when you said that? I was like, how can we have a dude that rep St. Louis? Yes! We can't have a dude that rep St. Louis, really? So, so do you guys think that somebody in A&R told him that it would be better to put on the L.A. hat as opposed to something that represents You can probably, you can probably speak to this, man. A&R's look at every single detail yes. when it comes to marketing and artists. So you, for damn sure, somebody looked at it was like, you know what, the LA hat is a little trendier and cooler. So, yeah, we need to throw that on the album. Think, think about this. Think about where to take it to sports. Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets, God bless them, are kind of the laughing stock of the league right now. You're going to take your number one guy that you just signed to the million dollar deal put him out there in the face of the nation with a Charlotte Hornets cap on, ain't no A&R in the world going to allow that. Which is ironic because Charlotte Hornets jerseys and gear was the like the, popular, yeah. the, the hottest commodity <laughs> in the fashion in the 90s. At least put a Camden Panther jersey yeah. on, at least they're relevant. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm almost, uh, I, I don't know what kind of relationship the baby has, you know, young guys, like, because me, I'm not going to compromise on Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be like, okay, if I can't rock a Charlotte joint, I'm not rocking anything. I'm certainly not rocking an LA hat. Yeah. But you know, I mean, this is this is his first major uh, label release. If they say, hey man, I want you to rock an LA hat, 
Yeah, yeah. He's thinking about where he's coming from and where he's trying to get. But to the bigger discussion, that is a major problem in Charlotte hip hop culture. People don't, you guys don't understand. Charlotte is the land of retired rappers. I could could literally just start naming dudes. It's it's rappers that y'all used to love that come over here to the studio over there and just hang out. So. It's a list of them. Yeah. They're here a lot. Man, so they're they're the alive. culture is here, right. but for some reason, it can't get the recognition. Sadat X was here. Yes, he yeah, was here. I mean, so they... To, to, to me, it's just like, people think, people don't have, like you said, it's, it's, it's the image thing. Like, people are like, okay, Charlotte, North Carolina. What are they going for? Is that mid-Atlantic, East Coast, Southern? I mean, because if you go to, the, to, to Raleigh, Durham, it's a little more conscious, a little more lyrical, and in Charlotte, they they, they like oh, is Charlotte the same way. Charlotte's a whole different type of place. It's a, it's a melting pot, man. It is, yeah. And, and no, I, I mean I wasn't gonna say too much more after that, but at, you know, I, I I'll, I'll just say this, man. Like, you know, being that I'm the old grumpy hater and stuff, <laughs> I'm, I'll say this about Charlotte, and I'll say this about music in general, man. Like when I come when I come across and I'm doing my angry music stop snob steves it is out of a legitimate concern for the art itself i am concerned i no bs man i am concerned for where the art is going because i don't want to look back like i don't want to i don't want to be 10 years from now and like everybody is the same artist man like like fans deserve more than that and i hope I hope my city can be the catalyst for that because there's some talent. You you yeah. can attest to the talent that's in this city, man. It, they're here, but they need to be heard. And I would look. This is gonna sound like whatever coming from a non-artist. I'm not an artist, and it's gonna sound like, man, who is this guy? I but I do want to challenge every Charlotte artist to just dare to be different and to find your own voice. I cannot stress the importance of enough, especially in this city, man. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, <clears throat> on a more macro level. Uh, with hip with the hip hop culture, with the quality of music where it is right now, do you think at some point in the future we will see a recycle to where we get back to where it was lyrical? Yeah, things it, always go in cycles, but I, I'll say this, man: it's been a long run of people not really valuing. It's you know it's, it's it's. I mean, but if, if you if you look at two of the top three artists now, they. Are considered more lyrical. I mean, you, you, you got the J Cole. Because I'm gonna tell you, you got, why. Because you it's a Kendrick. lot. It's a lot easier to stand out now, man. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah okay. So, who, who are you considering two of the top three artists right now? You say J Cole, Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick. and and to, to me, I mean, like I'm just on, on a mainstream level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're not like my like top. Yeah, we get the guy, but on, on the mainstream level, those, those are two of the three. Yeah, and I mean, you got your Drake's. I mean, and Drake ain't a mumbler. We see this all the time with music, like Jamal said, everything comes in cycles. The, the problem now is that it is so much more relatively easy to make music that, than what that, So when I was a teenager and uh, I had aspiring dreams of being a rapper, it was almost impossible. I mean, first of all, get out money because mm-hmm. you need to pay for studio Shoot time. Out. You had to know someone that had a studio or be able to get on them. Record your demo. You needed the beats, the production. You needed all that, right. and then you had to shop that demo around to an A and R, where it's probably gonna sit on somebody's desk, and then maybe somebody listen to it, and they might tell you you're dope, they might tell you you whack, and that was it. Right. Now, 
You can just literally release an album in a day with, a, you know, a computer program. You need two things. You need a computer and a phone. And yeah, a, yeah and, that's, an and, and, and that's it. So now you have some, and, and rapping, uh, from a music theory standpoint, is not like singing. You know, mm -hmm. everyone knows whether or not they can sing. Right. Not everyone knows whether or not they can rap because it appears to be so easy. You're just saying words, right. you know, in a rhythm. So everyone thinks they can rap, and it leads to like this, you know, cognitive dissonance that yo, I, hey, I can be a rapper too. I, I can release an album. Which speaks to my concern for the art because you have people who are not even thinking of rap as an art. art. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and you know who is a prime example of that? Lil Dicky. Oh, hold on. Uh, 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 I gotta disagree. With I gotta disagree only because he's so damn good. He is. Yeah. But, yeah. but again, but I can't remember what he was doing before. But his first video basically started out the same as what Nas, Zan, whatever he had. Right, Nas, yeah. His first ever video was a joke. joke. It but, was. A, it was however, a there's a big talent gap between. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, is. it is. It is. It is. It is. I said this at least. He acknowledges, hey, that's kind of my gimmick yeah. that I'm gonna do jokey joke uh, kind of rap because right. that you know because that's who he is. No one's gonna take him seriously. Like uh, if, I don't know if you guys used to ever watch Swain Tech Wake Up Show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When Eminem came about, he was in the Rap Olympics and he, he ended up losing to Juice. Uh, you young cats, look up Juice the MC. <laughs> um, but he lost the juice, and Swain Tech had everybody come into the studio the next day and just start freestyling, right, right? Right. So when Eminem comes up, at this time he was only 18 or 19 years old, he starts spitting in, in battle raps, yeah, you yeah. know, that he was spitting. And nobody nobody was feeling that. Right. They're like, this, this is my kids. What? Right. So he started doing the jokey raps. Matter of a tarder kid named Greg McMillan. They loved that. Mm -hmm. So he was like, okay, and I'm going to grab that. Ironically, and his label, Interscope Records. They saw something like, like this. Like we know this guy has talent. We know what he can do, but it's 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 gonna blow once we do it like this. Yeah. Hi, my name is. It's gonna right. resonate. Yeah. Hi, so many, right. <laughs> I hated You, you might have hated it. I hated it. You might have hated that song, but damn sure paid attention to it. Like I, I, cause like it 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 was something you didn't see before. Yeah. It was like, man, yeah. okay. uh, all right, man. Nah, nah. It, 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 it was jokey, jokey kind of. But well, not, the M, not not a complete sidetrack the topic. M is always a point of contention in hip hop because he's so talented, but he's polarizing. Uh, the thing was, was he got away with that particular thematic style because he was white. Right. He was able to say which he openly admits. He, he, he does. Yeah, he acknowledges that. Whereas Redman kind of was, but Redman. Had a gold record. Eminem had a thirteen platinum record. You know, so you know, that's one of the things we're still fighting in hip hop. You know, it's you know. Uh, let me let me ask you a question. Who who is your favorite Charlotte artist besides yourself? Oh man, that is a great question. Yeah. Oh wow. You don't have to train nobody. Just give me like three or four. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Aikiago, right. who I agree. The fact that we did an album together last summer that yeah. has nothing to do with that. He has, <laughs> he has a, uh, old man in the cave. Look it up. But now he uh, he has an album uh, called The Unconventional. Came out maybe five six years ago. And I'll fight people over this. That's one of my favorite hip hop albums ever. It's okay. on uh, it's on SoundCloud, Spotify. Yeah, I mean it's really good. It's got production, uh, local production, Dr. Sean yeah. Dorsey. 
uh, you know, a lot of people like that. Uh, so him, uh, new cats, Elevated J. I like, I like Elevated J. Yeah. I, I first heard him when they had the studios in the Music Factory years and years ago, and I thought, man, this guy's gonna be really, really, really good. Um, besides that, everyone, there's so many good people. I don't want to leave no, no, anybody out. I, I just really don't. You think about Luke. Tremont Music Hall. Wow. 
Anybody who has ever been to Tremont Music Hall, it is the hottest place I've ever been. It is the, it is the raggediest, hottest place I've ever been in my time, but I've missed that venue so much. I saw the Roots perform there, and the others were opening up for the Roots. It was, And I'm looking at this group, and I'm just like, and I, I was like, wow. Like, in my own ignorance, I'm just like, I didn't know Charlotte had people who could rhyme like this and who could rap like this. And that was my that was my introduction to Matic and DR. Fast forward years later. So I took a trip to uh, LA two years ago and I'm, I'm looking at my phone for stuff to do. And I just noticed that this group, Wax Taylor, was in San Diego one night. And San Diego's two hours from LA. I'm like, I gotta go to San Diego see my boy, man. And Matic comes out. I'm freaking out like a little girl because I'm so happy. I'm so because I'm so happy. My boy is getting this national, international love because this venue had about two, three thousand people in the matter, and they were just totally into it. I'm not going to say that I knew anything about Wax Tail at this point. I was just going to support my homie, and for him to have that moment and for him to be succeeding like he is now, I could not be happier for the dude, man. So, absolutely, yeah. All right, all right, we're gonna jump into our shout outs. You're included too. Oh, wow, you gotta go first. You gotta go first, man. Uh, since I'm rocking the Canes jersey, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to the Canes. I am not a flash in the pan Canes fan. Yeah, he's he's actually the one fan. Hartford, I although I'm from Charlotte, I did live in Minnesota for a year. I went to high school there, and uh. In Minnesota, hockey is what you do. There's no Friday night football. There's Friday night hockey. So I just wow. became a fan. And that happened to be the same year the Whalers moved to Raleigh. So I've been a, a Canes fan ever since. So shout out to them doing their thing. I think more people would like hockey if they would just give it a chance. And I know with black people, it is not a black sport. It's not an easily accessible sport. It's very expensive to get mm -hmm. into. But as we see more at black athletes from overseas get into hockey, I think that will help the American present some and, and we'll see it for for the exciting sport that it is. All right. Congratulations, jerks. Okay, <laughs> so um, my my shout out um, goes to some local guy, some guy in my neighborhood. I've never met him before, but um, <clears throat> I get up, I go to the gym early in the morning and there's this guy who, we'll say job. He, he jogs the neighborhood every single morning, but he has a trash, he has a plastic bag with him every morning. And as he's jogging, he's picking up trash throughout the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So um, I've been seeing him do this for a couple of months now. I reached out to a few people on a neighborhood app that we're on, and I did get his name. I'm not going to put his name out there, but I did get his name. And apparently he's been doing this for years and years and years. And I think it's I think it's dope that you got people living in the neighborhood that are taking that extra step to try and keep the neighborhood clean. So I just wanted to give him a shout out, and he's kind of motivated me to get out there and do it too. But when I wake up in the morning, my body tells me otherwise. So I'm still working on that part. But I just wanted to give a shout out to that guy in the neighborhood that's constantly picking up everybody's trash um, every single morning. Um, I want to give a shout out to all of the organizers and all of the performers that boom Charlotte over the weekend. It is an event that does not get nearly enough pub as it deserves. Um, there's a lot of hard work that goes into uh, setting up that Plaza Midwood area. I would challenge um, boom Charlotte to include more hip hop artists like Kaiser, like a lot of members from QCHH. 
Otherwise, um, again, just want to give you a shout out and I hope it gets bigger and bigger every year because it's a dope event that needs more publicity. So shout out to Boom Charlotte. All right, my shout out, I want to give a shout out to my late grandmother, uh, Cynthia Jerido Richardson. Uh, my cousin sent me an article on Tuesday uh, from the Charleston Post down to Charleston uh, and they referenced her in the article uh, and basically she is fighting for the rights of the uh, older people again, fighting against gentrification in Charleston and it just reminded me that when you're living you need to leave a legacy that people will remember you by and I just want to give a shout out to her and uh, we are under construction uh, hope you guys have a wonderful week God bless no spoilers no spoilers. <laughs> All right.